Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Attic. Today I am very privileged to have Raven Blair Glover on the show today. She is a former CNN radio personality from Raven, aka the talk show Maven. She's known by many as the queen of interview marketing and conversion. She's the recipient of the 2016 President Lifetime Award, Achievement Award, Global Women's Outstanding Leadership Award, and the Giant Community Award. She's an amazing woman. She is the world's leading positive programming network, which is amazing women and men of power on global radio and TV. She can put your business in front of millions, and she has interviewed huge celebrities and top influencers like Les Brown, Lisa Sasevich, Oscar winner Lou Gossett Jr., Montel Williams, Ali Brown, and on and on. So she is amazing, and I think you're going to love our discussion today. So welcome to the show, and here comes Raven. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am super, super stoked today. I have an icon on the show. I have been waiting to talk with her. She's an amazing, amazing person. Raven Blair Glover. She is the Raven, the talk show Maven. She is a former CNN personality. I, I, this woman's done it all. I, I mean, she's an icon to be sure, for real. Uh, she's done TV. She's done radio. She's, she just creates whatever she wants to happen in her life. She manifests it. And she helps other people be super, super successful. So welcome to the show, Raven. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Julie, I'm so thrilled to be with you, one of my favorite people. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your show. I totally feel blessed and honored. And thank all of your listeners and viewers for um, checking us out. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. So first of all, you've got such an impressive resume. You've done so many great things, but let's start, wind it back a little bit. Okay. And before you were successful and doing all these wonderful things and helping the world be better and really kind of just coming into your own. Mm. What was life like before you were successful? Tell us a little bit about where you were and kind of what that transformation was before you got on CNN and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me that. And, you know, cause you and I both, we talk a lot. And so we're both keep it real type of gals and we attract keep it real type of folks. So, you know, you're right. You see all the accolades of mentors, masters, influencers, and innovators, but you know, you can't miss that backstory, right, Julie? Yes. So to share my story, I, before all that, I was 55 years old. Um, I was married uh, to someone else different than not colleague, my soulmate, not him, but um, I was married to someone else and, um, I had two kids, uh, big kids, you know, back then, I guess they were in their, I don't know, 30s, uh, mid to late 30s, and just had my grandson, and uh, my mom got ill, and she went to the hospital, she had to have the surgery, we thought she was going to be out in a week, but she ended up being in ICU for three weeks. Um, I was working a part-time job, and luckily the job understood and, and didn't let me come in to work while I was doing it on home using the phone. So they said, you can just, 
you know, call on your own. You don't have to come in or, or report because they knew what I was going through. And so my sister and I and my son, we lived in the ICU unit for three weeks. Uh, we wasn't about to leave my mom's side because I had lost my dad in 98 from accidents uh, that the hospital made with his health. So we were going to be there and we were going to oversee, make sure everything was good. Well, one time, you know, one day, you know, I was in the chapel, like we all do when we're, you know, worried if someone's going to make it. And, and I got this sense, uh, and I always tell people, I feel like God spoke to me and said, your mom's going to be okay. But here's the deal. She's been the matriarch of the family, you know, the glue that held all the little pieces together for years. And she needs you more than ever now because she can't heal because she's worried about how you guys are going to make it. And the reason for this and the reason she worried is because at 55, I was making $10 an hour, working 20 hours a week. My sister was a, a year and a half older than me, and she wasn't even making that much. So we were living paycheck to paycheck, yes. <laughs> you know, not paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, in between felt marriages, lost jobs, mother's home was our safety net. And so the instructions was, it's time for you to step up, show up and grow up. Step up, meaning you got to step up and be the, the daughter that your mother raised. I mean, I came from a, my mother and them had a chain of restaurants in Ohio. They were very entrepreneurial. We went to the best school, wore the best clothes. So there was really no reason I should be making $10 an hour, working 20 hours a week. Um, and then show up. Hey, I was late in the game. I was 55 years old. So I couldn't uh, piddle paddle around. You know what I'm saying? I had to get in there and do something that was going to be big and show up and show up in a big way. I couldn't drag my feet and uh, grow up, meaning I had to take a good look at the woman in the mirror and take responsibility why at that age I you know, was in the situation that I was in. And so I, after I left the chapel, I had uh, got on a conference call because right before mother got well, I mean, got sick rather, my daughter and my husband at that time, they pitched in and they got me to Alex Mendozian's Teleseminar Secrets course. And I was going to teach people how to sell over the phone so that they wouldn't have to worry that if they were in their 50s and they lost their job, they wouldn't, you know, feel like I can't make any money because I'm too old. So I was going to teach them how they could cold call through Yellow Pages. And I was going to do teleseminars to teach people, baby boomers, how they can go out there and make money using the power of their voice and their phone. And I heard Alex say that the quickest way to become an expert, if you weren't an expert, was to go out there and interview other experts, Julie. Yes. And so right then I got excited. I grabbed a sheet of paper. I drew a line down the middle. And I wrote, what do I need to do and where do I need to begin? And when mother was awoke during the day, I watched what the nurses did and I you know, stayed there with her. When she slept, I used the hospital's computer and I Googled how to do a podcast, how to interview, how to put a show together. And I created my show right from the hospital. And that was like February 6, 2006, when my mother first went into the hospital. Let me tell you how quickly I did it. I launched my first show from the kitchen table, designed and created it at the hospital, taught myself at the hospital, launched it from home at the kitchen table on April 23rd, 2006. So it was only a few months. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So holy cow. So you, I mean, 
did your mind just explode because you've got all these worries about your mom, then you're in the chapel and you hear that, and then you just go right into action. So how, how in the world did you do that? Just, just, you just Googled everything and just took notes and then just tried it and you were just hungry and just got out there and did it. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. You know, one of the other people I listened to when I was at the hospital was Les Brown and you know, Les Brown says you gotta be hungry, you know? And yeah. so, and then there was a book I read called Unstoppable by Cynthia Kersey. So between Les Brown, Cynthia Kersey's book, uh, Les Brown rather talking about you got to be hungry and get out there and doing it. And Les Brown said most people take their blessings to the grave. So that stuck by me. Alex saying the quickest way to become an expert is to interview experts. That stuck in my head. And um, and of course, Cynthia Kersey's Unstoppable book where I read about people, you know, at, at, at 50 and 60, you know, mountain climbing and people that had no arms and legs doing all these you know, miraculous things. So that told me that I could do it, you know. And then remember what Napoleon Hill said, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. So it was a combination of really shifting my mindset and not focusing on mom getting well, because I already felt peace that she was going to make it. Um, right. That was what the voice inside me told me. She's going to make it, but she's going to be different. And she was. She ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, she was in the hospital for from that three weeks of ICU to six months. And she lived for six years, you know, after that. Ironically, she died in the hospital, same hospital, on the same date six years later. So 2012, she passed away in the hospital in her wow. sleep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But before she passed away, she got a chance to see all these people that I interviewed behind me. She got a chance to hear my interview with Sherry Shepard, my interview with Lindsay Wagner, my interview with Fran Drescher, my interview with Les Brown, you know. And um, she was in my first book because she wrote poems. She never published them. So I wanted to make sure if she passed away, she would have a legacy. And I put her, her, her poem in my first book uh, with a picture of her and made her a published um, you know, poet. At That's that wonderful. Time. That's and wonderful. And so she seen me make that transition, and I was just starting to make a little bit of money, enough to help her with her medicine and do some stuff. And and uh, so the transition started immediately. And that's how it always happens, Julie. You know, you're a coach. You do marvelous things, and all of you listening in. But it doesn't happen until we set our intentions and we do the work. And mm -hmm. so that's exactly what I did. Remember, my instructions was you got to step up, show up, and grow up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that on my computer and carried it with me. Step up, show up, and grow up. And uh, it was something else because I was really worried about mom. There were times, you know, they had to rush her back to surgery, you know, a couple times, you know, and she developed, like most people do, older people do, and younger, but she developed infection in her leg and you know, then she couldn't walk. So she came through the surgery. Okay. But it was all these little things afterwards. And at that time she was 74 and uh, I had to take my telephone and my leads to the hospital. And, and while I was at the hospital, I had to call to keep my job. And wow. me and my sister had to call leads for, to keep my mom's job because she was doing telemarketing and she didn't tell them that she went in the hospital because she didn't want to lose her job. Of course. So, um, yeah. She had her legs split open where you could see the bone because she had caught an infection and she was on her bed with raw skin and her leg cut open. 
and her phone, her hospital phone calling leads. Me and my sister were in our chairs and in her room, both of us on our cell phone calling leads. So all three of us was hustling. My mother, bless her heart too. Wow. Wow. That's really shows some strength. I'll tell you that. And focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot of people can do that. And I think it's amazing that you've done this and you know, age is nothing but a number, but mm-hmm. I do believe that it's not over until it's over and it's not over. <laughs> and yeah. when you're over 50. And I say that because my experience has been, I'm sure you've felt this too. People, it, let's just talk to all the listeners that are out there doing the nine to five and maybe they have a gift and, and they know they're meant to do something or they've started to do it, but they haven't stepped out yet. And they're in that nine to five grind. Mm. What, tell us what your, your biggest mindset change was that maybe would help them get over the hump and say, you know what, I can do this. I can go for my dreams. Yeah. Well, the biggest mindset shift was exactly that, that I can do it. And, you know, like I said, the, the Napoleon Hill was sticking in my mind that if you can uh, conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And then, you know, just remembering all the things I read and I heard and stuff that it all, could be possible if you just did the work. There was no way around the work, you know, and in order to, you know, design your life the way you want to be, you have to get clear of how you want it to be and what you're doing. And you have to, you know, have the steps to, okay, where do I begin? And how do I get it done? That's why I said I drew a, a, a line down the paper like we used to in, in, in grade school. And on one side, it was, what do I need to do? On the other side, it was, where do I need to begin? And I just started, I just brain dumped, brain dumped. What do I need to do? Okay, I need to find out what the heck a podcast is, how to interview, how am I going to reach these people? I need to make a list of who I'm going to interview, what kind of tools that I, do I need? And I just, and I found out that all I needed was a free conference call line. I didn't need any fancy equipment. And I just went with the easy breezy way um, and, and just started doing it and asking for those interviews and, you know, just uh, putting my show together. The first show was launched uh, from my kitchen table with maybe about eight people, family and friends on a conference call line. And uh, I just, did like you did a great opening and just did the show. Just do it. Edit it later, put it on a website, uh, a paint by number website. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I even have a picture of myself on the web- website. You know, just and just did it without getting into your head. I think what it is is we all get into our head, and we don't do things from our heart. And your heart will lead you the right way. Sure, you got to figure some things out. And you got to have structure. I know there's a lot of people out there that's into structure. I'm not one that does that. You know, I got a little ADHD in me and (laughs) I'm just one of those people that just go for it. I'm okay with failing forward. And if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world, you know, but some people are stuck on, well, everything's got to be perfect. What are people going to say? What if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? What if nobody's listening? And I never focus on the numbers. I still don't focus on the numbers. I just focus on my heart to heart content and getting the message out and, and trust and have faith that the right people will hear it. I agree. Everybody's not going to like me. Everybody's not going to care. Some people think I'm quite a lot and I am quite a lot. <laughs> you know, I am quite a lot. You know, this is the way that I am showing up that works for me. And right now I'm in my free to be me um, era. 
of my life. That didn't happen until 55 because going back to the backstory prior to that, I love my mom, I love my dad, but they were very strict. So I was a very emotionally and somewhat physically abused child. I know they didn't mean to, but everybody's a product of their product. So where my parents, you know, because I was born in 51. So my parents, they, you know, were born and they're, you know, in an era where their parents were possibly slaves and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of that carried on and um, it, you know, it scarred me like it would anyone. So I became an introvert and I found my power behind the mic and I love it. I'm a totally different person now, totally different person. And uh, one of my biggest models is don't wait to be great or it may be too late. And being too late doesn't mean that you're going to be dead or anything like that. It could be though, you know, because life is precious, but don't, uh, don't wait um, to be great because it may be too late, meaning you may miss the opportunity. Because see, sometimes those opportunities only come around once. One time. Sometimes they come on multiple times, but sometimes they come around once. So I act like an opportunities come that this is it. And my husband sometimes, the one I'm married to now, colleague, he'll say, well, babe, you know, this is marketing. They'll come back around for you. But I'm like, nope. If my gut tells me to go for it, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I'm going to go for it, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And just to give you an instant, um, an example of that, you know, I, I love hats. You guys have seen yes. me uh, in hats. And so um, me and my husband used to go and we would hat shop. And, you know, and when I, I would travel to speak, I would carry about 10 hats. Well, now I just carry a couple hats. And the reason is because I one day was thinking, I'm like, you know, there's got to be a way we don't have to shop for hats and we can, you know, this hat, as a matter of fact, kind of inspired me because it was my favorite hat and the band came around, uh, came off of it and it was this big old, you know, material coming off and stuff and I didn't want to throw the hat away. So I created this thing called hat wraps and you can actually take these off and put them on different hats. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, we got a patent on it and everything, and it should be hitting the market. We're going to try to get it on, uh, you know, all the home shopping networks and stuff. And so when you guys see me out with these hats, these things come off, and I can switch them. This is reversible. So if I wanted to do black, I just put it on like that. That's awesome. And I have bands to do that. So I'm the type of person, if I can think it and conceive it like Napoleon, <laughs> I leave it and I do it, girl. <laughs> I love that about you. Back on. I love that about you. Love your hat. I love your hat. Yeah, thank you. Know, you. I, I think that the most important thing is that you believed in yourself. Yeah. Exact same way. If I check in with myself, I feel sometimes things only come around one time. There mm-hmm. are some some opportunities we get in life that only happen once. And it's yeah. up to you if you want to move forward or if you want to just stay where you are. But sometimes you have to know that that's not going to come back anytime soon. It may never come back. You know, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm the same way. If I check in and I say, you know what, I'm doing it. This is good. Everything's aligned. We're doing it. We're going yeah. for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I teach uh, people all the time when I'm doing webinars or Facebook lives or any of my shows is don't wait for people to give you permission to do what you want to do. Just do it. You know, just do it. I remember when, um, you know, I always wanted to be on a cover of a magazine. Nobody asked me to be on a cover of a magazine. And I think this was like 
I was, I want to say maybe 63 or something like that. And I was like, I'm just going to start a, a magazine. It's going to be called Amazing Women Magazine. And so I put one of my hosts on the first cover, but the second cover, uh, my husband and I had just got married. So I put us on the cover. There you go. Love it. You know, and it literally took, a, it, I think I thought about it, let's just say maybe around October, no, about about September, October. The first issue came out in December and the issue my husband and I was on the cover came out in January. So I'm not one of those people that's going to stretch something out. You know, it's going to happen and it's going to happen as quick as I can make it happen. Because uh, again, I'm not dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I'm okay if it's not perfect. I got it. Okay, there's a misspelled word. So what? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you executed though. You executed. You you got yeah. it done. You yeah. made it happen from nothing. You made it happen into something. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, my theory is, hey, you know, um, each moment of our life is so precious. We're only promised the moment we're in. It's not a scare tactic. It's reality. You know, there's people falling off the earth that's way younger than me. And, you know, you don't know when your time is going to come. But we all, as long as we're living, we have the opportunity to be a living legacy and to leave something, leave a piece of us on this earth. I mean, think about the books we're reading. Uh, now, all the people that are gone, like Napoleon Hill and yeah. Earl Nightingale and Jim Rome, all these great people. You know, my husband worked for Prince and Michael Jackson and did a, um, he did the uh, We Are the World, you know, so, and he had a chance to uh, work with Donna Summers and all these people that are gone now, you know, but just think these people have, have left a legacy, have left a mark. And yeah. here's the cool thing, Julie, you and I and all your listeners and your viewers that are watching this, you can leave your legacy. You know, you can do it. You know, you can leave the same type of impact that all of these people that you read books and stuff that you admire. All of us are in the same position. We're in the same place, meaning the world here, you know, and we all are different and we all bring our unique blessings to the world. Right. Share it. Like Les Brown said, that's the richest place on earth. It's a graveyard because so many of us take it with us. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to leave it all here as yeah. much as I possibly can, like you do, for other people to benefit so that they don't have to make the mistakes that I made. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about what we can give and sharing our gifts with everybody that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some people, you know, they're happy. Like my sister, they're just happy just living their life, you know, doing whatever they like to do. That has nothing to do with mentoring or, or doing the type of things that we do. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're probably meant to do what they're doing or they haven't really figured out what they're meant to do. But those of us that have figured it out and we know it, we feel it in our gut, we know and really feel that this is what we meant to do. I'm meant to be a coach. I'm meant to be an author. I'm meant to be on stage, whatever it is, or I'm meant to travel for yeah. my life or, you know, you know, I, I ran across a couple of people that, and, and my niece is doing this right now, that gave up their, their homes or their apartments. And they're just living freely. You know, they're staying in other people's homes when they're away. And I was looking at my niece. Uh, she was here a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wow, this is the first time I've seen her non-stressed. 
you know. Wow. And for me, it was stressed the heck out, me not having my own place. But for her, she feels free to be her. So the main thing is just figure out what it is you want to do and do it. Don't wait for anybody's permission to say, don't give a damn about what other people think. It's what do you feel about it? How is it making you and your family, you feel, you know, but you have to make the decision because it's your life. Right. And, you know, I don't know how many other lives we get, you know, there's a lot of different theories on that. (laughs) All I know is we're in this one right here. So let's work that thing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a serious question now. Okay. And the serious question is, so let's just say that you're, you, you found what you want to do. You want to go out, you're ready to do this. You're going to go on full bore. You're ready to go. And then you start taking those consistent steps. You're moving out of your comfort zone. You're, you're reaching people. And then you have maybe close friends or maybe a spouse or somebody close to you that says, I don't know if I like this thing that you're doing. I don't know if I like you stepping out like this because you're changing. You're, so you're blossoming into the butterfly that you are. But sometimes I found that when that happens, other people around you, they don't like that change so much. Have you experienced yeah. that at all? And it's usually yeah. close to you. Close yeah, to you. I have um, experienced it. Um, you know, with my ex-husband, he liked it at first and then it was like, at first, you're not bringing enough to the table. You need to do more, do more, do more. Then once I started the shows, I became a totally different person because I always tell people, you can't interview all these great people you see behind me that I've been blessed to interview and some of it not rub off on you. So yes. yeah, I started getting stronger mindset. I started figuring things out because I'm hearing them and I was asking them questions that I want to know and learning along the way. And um, it was a different raven. All of a sudden, he's dealing with somebody totally different, and he lost interest along the way. This is why I'm married to Khalid now, you know. And so things like that are going to happen. I'm not telling somebody to walk out on their marriage or anything. But again, you have to be free to be yourself. This is your life. And, you know, um, as long as it's not hurting anybody, I feel like you should do what you want to do. But it's definitely a discussion you and the people that you love need to have. I always tell my clients that have kids, you tell them, you have to tell your kids You sit them down and say, look, mommy's trying to do this. Is this going to be for the family? So I might miss a few soccer games. I may not be able to go to all this, but if you can just stick with me and give me this year, you know, yes. because I'm trying to get this for you and make them a part of it. You know, make them a part, husbands and wives too. Um, if I just could, you know, be raw and say the one thing I did wrong in the marriage, I feel is I could have been, I could have uh, let him know what my plan was. But to be honest, I didn't even know what my plan was. But if I could do it all over again, and one of the things I practice now, me and my husband both practice now, is we remember we may have separate businesses, but we're married. And, you know, we're in each other's lives. So we try to let each other know, hey, I may not be able to go here and here with you because I got to do this, but I'll make it up to you. Just allow me these 90 days to get this thing launched or whatever time you need. And then we'll take a week off and we'll go have fun and stuff. You just got to make them feel like they're a part. 
Yes, making them feel included is a big thing mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. otherwise they feel like, what's going on? It's kind of getting right. weird here. So just let them know if you're going to be on late at night. Well, just let them know, hey, I'm talking to somebody on the other coast. I think yeah. it's a little bit later, but you know, let's catch up afterwards or we'll catch yeah. up on Saturday because otherwise they feel a little left out, I think. They yeah, just, oh, or take a on? break, have lunch or whatever. As far as the naysayers, you know, yeah. You're going to always have that. Like I said earlier, everybody's not going to love you. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to get you. But as long as you love you, you like you, and you get you and get where you're going, and you include the people that are close to you, you know, and, and it's okay if they still say, well, I, you know, I'm upset or whatever. You still included them. But you shouldn't have to alter what your dreams is because other people don't want it. And if you're anywhere near, you know, are you, if you're a baby boomer and up, this is it, this you know, is it. this is it. I mean, we don't, you know, you could have 20 more years, 30 more years or less or more, but I'm just basically saying we don't know. So make every day, every moment of the day count. I have a friend named Cinnamon and I love her saying, and any of you have called me, you'll hear it on my phone. And uh, she had brain surgery, uh, several brain surgeries, and she never complained. And one day I said, Sin, I got to ask you, you know, you're always so positive. You had these brain surgeries, not even knowing if you were going to make it back home. You've had to write out, you know, your will uh, uh, so many times because the doctor said, get prepared. We're going to do this su surgery. Get your family prepared. And I never hear you complain. How do you do it? You know what she told me, Julie? What? She said, Raven. I just make it my intentions each and every day to get more life out of living and more living out of life. Isn't that's that beautiful? Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And setting an intention for the day is, is super, super, I don't know, just I found that, you know, I take some time to pray every morning mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. really sets me on the right path. And then mm -hmm. gratitude. And I know everybody poo-poos that now because it's overused, but honestly, that really does help. Just the little things, just for having yeah. food on the table which is a big thing in other places. So yeah. you just, you're so lucky in so many ways. You just don't know. You should be grateful. Like you said, we don't know how much time we have. Yeah, absolutely. So your intentions have to be clear. But what I really loved about what she said, Julie, was she said to, that her intentions was to get more out of life mm -hmm. and get more life out of living. You see what I'm saying? So she's like, I'm going to just take advantage of whatever time I have and I'm going to just get more out of it, meaning smell, take time to smell the roses, you know, you know, just really enjoy life instead of complain, you know, right. and get more life out of living and living out of life. I just, and if we all think like that, we'll walk away so much more blessed. You know, you know, you hear Oprah talk about, you know, gratitude and how important it is to wake up and, and have that gratitude, you know. I was listening to Kevin Trudeau, someone that I love listening to. I think I think Kevin went to prison or something for some diet book or or something diet thing that they were they thought that he was um, just selling to people and not really um, giving them the warnings of it. And I don't know the history of that. If any of you are Kevin Trudeau followers, but I do know he has this thing called um, what is it? Um, where he talks about uh, how your wish is your command, kind of like the secret, you know, mm -hmm. but he really breaks down some really important things. And one thing profound that I got out of what he said was um, that what you want, want you. 
I love that. Every time I hear him say that, I have an instant smile. So he's like, you know, hey, if you want this, it wants you to have it. You just got to go out there and get it. And, you know, just like Les saying, you got to be hungry for it. So all these people are saying kind of sort of the same thing in their own way, where it all comes down to, hey, this is your life. And you're the architect of it, and you can, or, or the artist of it. You can paint it, or you can design it, whatever way you want. Let me just tell you and everyone that when I was 13 years old, I used to sneak to the neighborhood radio station. <gasps> yes, wow! I used to be a DJ at a, a hospital um, in in Cleveland that had a jazz station, and I was, and they played it to to soothe the patients, and I was a DJ there. And so this radio dream was in me at a young age. It's just that life happening shut that dream down as I grew up because you had to have an FCC license. And, you know, at that time, it wasn't a whole lot of African-Americans that especially women Mm -hmm. that were even DJs and things like that. But I think it was is more the fact that I had to grow into my success. I had to grow into figuring out who Raven was, you know, I had to go through the, the good, bad, and the darn right ugly. And some of us are born with it and we just can try one thing and it works. Others like me, we have to go through it all. Me and too. <laughs> I think it's because we have to appreciate it when we get there, the journey we went on, you know? And so um, it's been a journey. Uh, and then once I got to that age of 55 and, and all this happened, it's been just like, totally just blossoming and it's, it's really weird it's cool though <laughs> it's know, so it's cool really weird how that happened <laughs> it's so cool I mean if you look at all the people behind you and I met Raven in person at the summit and you just got this aura about you you've you got the realness but you've got the aura because you've met as you said you met so many people and it's rubbed off on you and you're kind of at that icon status but it's just really cool because you're approachable but it's just everything you do just kind of explodes so it's kind of so cool to see somebody do that and, and have a passion for it. I think a lot of people do things and then they kind of get stuck and they don't want to do it anymore, but it's making the money, but you're doing what you've always wanted to do and you're passionate about it. And I think yeah, that's well, I think what the shows- passion. Thank you for saying that, Julie. The passion comes from being able to help so many other people. Um, that's remember I told you I was emotionally abused and stuff. So one of the things that bothered me, a lot of people don't know is I was dismissed. I felt dismissed. I always compare myself to any of you that are older like me. Remember a cast for the friendly ghost, you know, I always felt like, you know, you know, people didn't pay attention to me or if they did, it was kind of just sit there, look, look, put on your cute little dress and shoes and just don't say anything. You know, I remember dating guys and they would just, sit me you know we go to a club or something they sit me on a stool and they walk away just sit there you know and um, just sit there and be quiet be polite and so I became an introvert by doing that and didn't feel like I had a voice didn't feel like I was recognized for any of my accomplishments you know up to that age Mm -hmm. so one of my things that I really I feel like I bring to the table for other people my clients and you know, I have a radio network and I'll have a TV network of people um, that are talk show hosts now. So just think, Julie, it went from that one show in the hospital to these networks. Isn't That's that amazing. Cool? You know, and, and the thing is, I'm all about helping people 
um, go from the shadows to the spotlight, helping them not feel dismissed, help, helping them um, unleash the power of their voice and their heartfelt message to the world and be the leader that many people are looking for. They just don't know that you're there because you're hiding. Right. And, you know, I love Lisa Savage. I love Alex Mendoza and Les Brown and all these famous people. But there's so many of us, like me, that's not famous, okay, <laughs> that bring a lot of things to the table, like you, Julie, like your listeners and viewers. And nobody, they, nobody will ever know about them because, you know, they are doing their best. They're doing all these marketing stuff. And, you know, they still feel like they're not being heard. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do and what our network does is we, you know, have built this platform to interview people and to, you know, we have now um, a full media company. So we went from a show to a full out media company where we do press releases for people. We help them get their books. We help them get um, their uh, become bestsellers, as you know. Yes. Yeah. We, you know, we, we have these magazines coming out. And so we have the full media package now. And the reason I did that is because I, I want to be able to make people be noticed and recognized because they deserve it. They put all this into what they do. They need to be acknowledged for what they do. And I don't think you need to be an icon or influencer or a guru to be noticed. And that's nice because not a lot of people do that. They'll just toot their own horn. They're not, if more people were helping and serving other people and co-creating with them, I think mm -hmm. that everything would change and look different, but it's nice that you do that because that is the hardest part of really getting your brand known and getting out there is, you know, mm -hmm. you're doing all these great things, but nobody sees you. Mm -hmm. So you're standing out there like this, but nobody sees you. You need somebody that you can, has the expertise like yourself that they can hook up to and say, you know, teach me how to do this because you've done it. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, you know, uh, we're, we're, most of us are too shy to ask for it. I've gotten pretty bold in my older years. I got to tell you that I don't mind asking. There's no shame to my game. Like it used to be when I was younger, but when I was younger, I would be too scared to ask somebody, oh my goodness, how do you get to be on someone's cover? Or, you know, can I speak on your stage? Or can I be on your telesummit? Or would you interview me? But I'm telling, I want to tell your viewers, whether you're watching or listening, you know, please step out of um, being afraid to ask. Because many times, if you don't let people know what you want, um, you'll never get it. And many times just opening your mouth will open up an opportunity or someone might say, like many said to me, you know what? I got somebody that had to cancel and I need someone to interview. Send me your stuff. Let yes. me hear an interview. Tell me more about you. And it's okay if it's your first one. It doesn't exclude you. You just got to learn how to come at them the right way. And I always tell people, tell some, save some. Okay, don't try to tell everything. Just tell the things that are relevant for them to know. And get okay with asking. You know, ask your way to success. I've had to do it. These people didn't know me. None of them knew me. Mm -hmm. I had to get on there and ask from my kitchen table, um, you know, on a free conference call line. I call them and I learn to master the art of asking for the interview, which we teach our clients, the ICON interview formula, which I is investigate, 
that person before you ask. Yes. You know, yeah, yes. yes. See, yes. Connect with the, whoever the gatekeeper is, the manager or the person you want to interview. And through your investigating on them, you should be able to ask them in a way that's going to connect with them. They'll know, okay, she read my blog or she knows something about me. She's not just asking everybody for an interview. And O stands for own it, own your message, own your platform, own who you are. And, you know, don't, I teach my clients, don't say it, well, I have a podcast or I have an internet TV show. I have a show, just, I have a show, (laughs) simple, you know, and, you know, I heard you on such and such on Julie's interview. And I love the fact that you said this and you'd be so inspirational to my group of women or entrepreneurs or whoever your audience is. Would you be open? Mm Mm-hmm to um, being featured on our show, on our network, on our blog, on our telesummit. You know, that's an N stands for get to the nitty gritty. Make it quick because they ain't got a lot of time. Make it quick. But I think that you said something super important. One of those, the most, one of the most important things besides the ask is to follow them, to look at their work, to know what they've been doing, listen to their shows and follow them because that way it's more authentic. And you can, if you can speak to that, then they'll go, oh, she does listen. She does. <laughs> she gets me because yeah. you want it to be a fit for you as well, right? You have to take yourself yeah. into consideration. So you, you've got to find the right fit for you and they want to find the right fit too. But you're completely right. People cancel all the time. Things happen. Life happens and they need a slot. And if you don't ask, you don't get, right? Yes. If you do not ask, ask you will not G-E-T get. So be okay with asking. And if they say no, you know what they used to teach us? I'm sure you guys heard it in the past. Some will, some won't. So what? Yep. Some some will, some won't. So what? Next. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I can tell you, you know, everybody I asked to interview did not say yes. But you keep on moving until you get that yes. Focus on the yeses and not the noes. Focus on the yeses and not the noes. Absolutely. Man, you have got some amazing, man, you've got some amazing stuff. You could just write a whole book about all of the, these, what you've learned from every single one of these people. And, and man, she does TV. She's done radio. You were on CNN for how long? Well, I was on uh, CNN and CBS, uh, not the TV broadcast radio in Houston. I was on there um, maybe a year, a little over a year. And um, that's what what inspired me to start my own network because, uh, you know, they had did uh, a new contract. It came through in my email and they were like, well, you can't use the CNN logo anymore to put on your site and, and your interviews belong to CNN. So you can't give them to your guests. And, you know, and I had guests paying to come on the show uh, to be featured on CNN, and that was what was in the package. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to work for me, you right, know. Right. And so I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And at that time, me and uh, my husband, Khalid, we were dating. He was in L.A. and I was in California. We were talking on the phone, and he's like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And he says, why don't you start your own network, just like you started your show? And that's how Amazing Women of Power uh, was born. And so, you know, he said that, I think, um, I think he probably said that in August and we launched the network in October. 
Wow. So like again, you know, everything I launch is fast. <laughs> real fast. Real fast. Yeah. Just like um this year he um he put me on Roku and, and Amazon Fire. He set me up my own TV channel uh, for an, as an anniversary and Christmas gift because we were married on the 31st of December. And so um, we launched our first network in March where we're on Amazon, Raven International TV, where we're on Amazon Fire TV and Roku. But again, you know, it's just a few months. So during the holiday when everybody was enjoying Christmas, we were learning how to do a TV network, getting set up and, and getting videos on there and all that. So I do a lot of studying in the background. Yeah, you do. Oh, you do. Yeah. yeah. But you execute too. And I know, you know, we talk about consistent inspired action mm-hmm. and consistently meaning that you're going out of your box. So this is going to be stuff that may scare you, scare that, I mean, scare you a lot, not little things, things that you've never done before. Maybe like speaking on stage or having an interview or you're like you said, you're asking and then somebody's, you know, may say no to you. You're going way outside of your comfort zone, but what happens Raven after you keep doing it for a while? Well, you get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. (laughs) You do. You get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You get comfortable with stretching. And after a while, it just becomes a piece of you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do I, you know, want to pull my hair out? Yes. Do I get frustrated? Yes. Do I have times I cry? Yes. Are there times nobody's listening or watching? Yes. But I can tell you they are watching and listening. Don't get stuck on the numbers. Um, how many times, Julie, and I'm going to ask your audience, how many times have you gone to places and people have come up to you and said, I heard your show, or i seen you on so-and-so stage. This is a big world, and we find out many times that it's not even as big as we think it is. Yeah. Okay? Yep. But what happens is if you get on Facebook and you see three people on there or nobody on there, many of us will get off and never get back on. No, don't do that. You keep getting on and pumping out content because whether someone's watching or not, you have just created a book. You have just created a video series, an audio series. There's so much ways that you can repurpose on that, you know, so focus on your message. And then, you know, there's many ways through Facebook ads, through so many different ways that you can pump your information out. And if all, you know, worst case scenario, if all else fails is package that bad baby up, you know, get it transcribed, pull out the juicy stuff and create a book. Probably several different books, you know, so so much you guys can do that's going to help with your legacy and that's going to help you become an influencer out there. And, uh, but before it was this old saying, leader of one, leader of many, if you can't lead one, you can't lead any. So -hmm. you got to lead yourself to success first. And part of that is getting out of your head, getting into your heart, not worrying about dotting the I's and crossing the T's, being okay to fail for it, being okay to feel uncomfortable and stretch yourself Mm -hmm. and being okay with asking your way to success. And, you know, but even though you ask and they may say no, remember, you're asking for the opportunity. You're not asking for their permission. Two different things. Right, mm. right, yeah. right. Two different things. And that's huge when you're somebody who's been a people pleaser or a perfectionist and you're always looking for that permission. So right, right. you got to give yourself the permission. permission. comes within. you got to give yourself permission to succeed. Yes, 
Yeah. Once you do that, then you're on. Just yes. give yourself permission to succeed. And you can always find Raven because she can help you be more successful. So where can people find you? I'm going to have all your links listed below, but where can they find you? What's the best place to reach you? You know what? The best place to reach me is going to be just email me at talkshowmaven at gmail.com. I will give Julie the link to my calendar and I have blocked out time for seven, just seven, because we got a lot going on. People that are not curious, but they're serious about moving their life forward and they want to use their heartfelt message and the power of their voice to be heard and to be seen so that they can get their message out to the masses. Um, then you can book a session with me. I'll leave uh, Julie the calendar, the first seven people that book. Um, we will you know, look at where you are now compared to where you want to be, um, how you want to use your voice, what is your message, who is your audience, and we'll decide, okay, is podcasting better for you? Is TV better for you? Or having the both better for you? Or should we just put out a press release on you and what you're doing? So we'll figure out what's going to work best for you to take you from the shadows to the spotlight because you deserve that. You really do. And we want to help you get there. I can only deal with seven, but I do have something for all of your listeners whether they book with me or not. And that is my talk show magic book. So make sure they get that. And that'll teach you how to do irresistible interviews, you know, and how to make money with your show. And just, you know, it's going to, you'll hear some of the stories. You'll get some great tips that I use, the icon interview formula, um, the breakdown of that is in there. And uh, I think you'll enjoy that. Thank you so much, Raven. That's so generous. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So we're going to have all the links for you. I just want to thank you, Raven, today. You're an inspiration to me. You're a mentor. I love you to death. I can't thank you enough for being here. I know you've given so many gems to the listeners. And I, I you guys book seven people yeah. that can help you. Trust me. This is the person you want on your team. She's yeah. done it. And she thank you. It where you need to be so thank you raven thank you for being here i appreciate it and well thank you and i just can i just leave one thing that's yes. on my heart um to share with the listeners yes. and that is no matter where you are now no matter what successes or failures or anything you've had in the past your new journey starts this moment mm-hmm. every day we can wake up and get up we have another chance and you are the architect of your life um, I, it, I think it was, I want to say maybe 95, I was sitting in a closet. I, I was married to someone else and looking at a gun, thinking about taking my life because I felt unheard. I felt dismissed. I felt uh, emotionally abused and, and I didn't feel the joy of life. I didn't know what I was going to do. And even if I, I was worth living on this earth, thank God, you know, my kids being here and my faith in God, you know, pushed me through that moment. And I didn't even know that I would meet all these people you see behind me, have conversations with them you know, uh, received the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. I still can't believe that uh, from President Obama. And what if I had not listened to my gut and heart? What if I would have taken my life? You know, well, you may not be thinking about taking your life like I did, but you're holding back because you're trying to get everything perfect. You're holding back because you're trying to get everybody's permission. I'm telling you, there's so much more out there for you. 
go get it. Wow. Thank you, Raven. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so glad that that worked out that you didn't do that because you're affecting so many lives on a global scale. So that's amazing. Thank Thank you for sharing that. Bye-bye, everyone. Love you, Raven. Thank you. Love you back.